Hi, this is Rhys Jones. Welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to talk about is it really a value to have an experienced business partner, stroke mentor and coach to work with you in your startup? The reason why um, I thought this was a good subject is when I speak to uh, a lot of the recruiters that inquire with me about setting up, um, it does seem to be quite a polarised choice that uh, the new startups face, which is do I do it on my own um, and keep 100% of the business or do I give a smaller part away to hire a uh, experienced uh, director, co-shareholder to help me grow it? Um, call me biased. <laughs> I would say it adds a lot of value having um, a an experienced mentor and coach. And the reason why I say that is I know firsthand from when I grew my first recruiting business how hard it is trying to learn the job of being a business owner with nobody to show you how to do it. Um, your livelihood depends upon it. Um, but as a recruiter, we're all confident and we thought, well, I thought I'd wing it. Um, fortunately, I got away with it because um, I was a particularly good biller. Uh, my uh, partner at the time, he was also uh, a very good biller. Uh, and we got away with it. And we made an awful lot of mistakes, learned a lot, felt a lot of stress, um, managed to get through it. Um, school of hard knocks and all that um, and eventually got where we wanted to be but um, it took five years of um, trying to do it on my own uh, alongside a business partner but trying to do it without an experienced person working alongside me um, until I went to Cranford University and did some studies there and uh, the chip on the shoulder that I think I probably had from leaving school uh, at 16 um, not really being much of an academic uh, was removed from my shoulder by the massive, uh, massively positive experience I had at Cranfield Business School, and also um, the confidence it gave me working alongside a lot of other business owners from different uh, industries and seeing actually how good I was. Because to succeed in recruitment, you've got to be really, really good. You know, it's a very competitive industry. There's no barrier to entry, so you know, there's there's an awful lot of competition. As we know, we're all recruiting. An awful lot of competition for all the business. So you've got to be sharp as tack. Um, and going to Cranfield, it showed me how sharp recruitment consultants are and recruiting business owners are. So the experience I got from Cranfield um, not only educated me that being a business owner is something that you can learn rather than necessarily trying to wing it, but also the massive amount of value of trying to hire people into your business that have got more experience than you. And what I did is I hired my mentor uh, from uh, Cranfield Business School uh, as a non-exec for the business. But Going back to, a, to the startup situation, if you're looking to set up your own recruitment company, you you might think it's it's as easy as getting a phone, a computer, setting up a website, and I suppose it is to a degree, um, but you are going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, it's inevitable you'll make mistakes. Some of them won't be costly, some will be costly. Uh, some of them could be terminal. Um, four out of five recruitment companies don't last two years. So <laughs> it, it, it is a high risk. But also, it's very difficult to get it wrong, which I know is, is, is a contradiction. <clears throat> but as a recruitment consultant, you know how to make money. So turning it into a business should actually be relatively easy. But because of the statistics that four out of five fail, well, that tells you it isn't that easy. Um, I've heard a lot of horror stories of people that have been incredibly good billers, 
tried to wing it and caught out with the first 12 months by silly things like not seeing a VAT bill coming or a tax bill coming or overreaching with various things um, or quite frankly just getting too involved in trying to run a business rather than actually billing because when you're growing a startup business you've got to get the balance right between working in the business i.e. billing and working on the business and when I say working on the business I'm talking about the sort of medium term or long term strategy now that that can sound a little bit almost highfalutin as, as far as strategy goes, but you do have to have some form of idea where you want to go. Um, you will react, um, or you'll have to react, to the opportunities and the setbacks that arise in the first 12 months, two years. So having a rigid business plan um, it isn't realistic, really, because you are, like I said, you're going to get opportunities that you need to, to warm to, you're going to get setbacks. Uh, it's not going to go as you expected for a positive way and also a negative way. Um, but if you have a rough idea of whether you're going to be just a super biller worker from home, whether you're going to be a biller that wants to recruit um, rookies to work for you, resources, or get 360 billers, or hire ex-colleagues, uh, whether you want to grow fast, whether you want to grow slow, do you want to be a boutique organisation, do you want to go bigger than that? Um, all these things should really be considered because... It's the whole uh, set off with the end in mind. If you don't have an idea of where you want to go, it's going to be 10 times harder to get there. Um, using a, a basic analogy, if you set off driving from Land's End to John O'Groats um, without a map, it'd take you a bloody long time to get there. Um, and with business, you do need to have an idea of where you want to go. And this is where it comes back to getting the balance right between working on your business and working in your business. And that's one of the benefits of having a mentor, a coach, or an experienced business partner, is that person can help you discipline a bit of time to work on the business, but also take away an awful lot of the business building, business infrastructure uh, tasks, which quite frankly get in the way of billing. Because the most important thing in your first year, two years, is get cash in. Because cash is king in a startup. Cash is king in any business, to be fair. But in your startup, you need to make money and you need to make it fast. Once you've got the money, it's then how you invest that money to make that money make money for you. Because in a business, that's what money is for. Money is there to be invested in the business in whatever aspect and make money for you. You've got to make the money work. And the way I grow the recruiting businesses with the partners I work with, we always look at what return you get for every pound invested. So... Um, as an example, if you hire a member of staff, you probably get back two to three pounds for every pound you invest in salary. If you look at marketing, that will vary dramatically. But some of the results we get in the spend that we do in the marketing could be as much as 20 or 30 pounds back for every pound you spend. So you, you want to make the money work for you, but you've got to get the money first. And this is where a mentor and a coach and, and, a, and a working partner, shareholder, which is the way I work with the partners in Davidson Gray, uh, can be a massive benefit because if that person can take away from you all the complication and the hassle and the trying to learn on the job of putting the infrastructure together in the business, that allows you to bill. And that's the important thing is getting the cash in, get that cash in, and then you can use that to spend. And as the business grows over the first six, 12 months, two years or whatever, it is affording that time to work on the business. And when I say work on the business, that isn't... Um, as I did, we were just trying to wing it. It's actually having um, some real thinking time outside the business. It doesn't have to be much. It could be an hour a month. But having some thinking time outside the business, you're making considered decisions of how to grow the business, not just 
reacting to, oh, right, well, I'll, I'll add this widget to my website or I'll do some Google ads. Oh, there's somebody just, you know, I want to hire somebody, I've got enough money, I'll, I'll just go out and hire somebody, I'll speak to a rec to rec. It's not wise to make decisions on the fly. Uh, and it's also wise to have somebody there to bounce the ideas off. With the mentor, the coach, the co-shareholder, um, that person should be offering you the experience to prevent the mistakes, the experience to repair the mistakes. But also, I think for myself, I, I think the importance is to help grow your ideas, how you want to grow your business, but doing it in the most um, cost-effective way with the highest profit in the safest way possible um, and just do it as efficiently as you can because you can lose a tremendous amount of time with your startup in the first year or two by looking into areas that aren't going to be of value, uh, jumping from one task to another, being distracted, um, looking at the marketing and giving it all the worth for the, a day or two and then doing nothing for six months. There's got to be a level of consistency. So it, it's very, very hard to do that when you've been running a desk because you are... Uh, a bit like a racehorse, you train to run. You know, we all know that time kills deals. So you do everything fast that a good recruiter has to. And you react to opportunity really fast. And also you train to sniff out a really good candidate and a really good vacancy. But if you're running a business, you've got to put some of that to one side. And that's the difficult bit, is knowing when to take some time out from chasing the candidates and chasing the vacancies and spend a bit of time on your business. But also added to that, um, as a lot of you uh, probably heard, is, is always hire somebody better than yourself if you can. And that's adding real value to your team and to your business. Now, with a mentor, or a coach, or a co-shareholder, it's not necessarily that they're better than you. It's just more experienced. I, I wouldn't like to think of myself as being better than all the business partners I work with. Yeah, I've got loads of more experience, but that doesn't make me brighter or more intelligent. I'm massively enthusiastic about what I do, I'm massively enthusiastic about recruitment, I'm massively enthusiastic at building businesses. And that enthusiasm achieves a lot. It also has allowed me to upskill massively, but that doesn't necessarily mean any sort of genius. It's just I'm really passionate and a bit of a geek when it comes to growing businesses. So what what I try and do is, is help um, use the, the natural enthusiasm that you have from any startup business owner and, and and steer them to grow. But it's growing in the ways that they want to grow because as an MD of a business, you don't have to be good at everything. You don't have to be good at the accounts. You don't have to be good at the marketing, good at the man management, good at all things. You see that any successful business, they'll have a board of directors and they'll have a director that's uh, responsible for the finance, one for the marketing, one for maybe human resources, one for operations. The smart MD will hire people to take ownership of certain areas, people that are specialist in those certain areas. So if you're growing a recruitment business, you don't have to be brilliant at everything if you have a co-director, a mentor, or a shareholder, because you can task that person with doing those bits that you maybe don't have any interest in, or you have no skills in and you have no desire to learn. Um, marketing might be an example, finance might be an example. Uh, putting the infrastructure in place might be an example. It could even be managing. I know an awful lot of successful startup business owners, or rather SME business owners, who found out through experience they weren't particularly good man managers, and they hired somebody to manage the team so they could build, lead by example, and look at strategy. 
And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Man management is a very, very difficult thing. Uh, to be honest, I tried it twice and I was rubbish both times. The third time, I managed to get it. I think I was mature enough. But the first couple of times, I found it really tough. There's nothing wrong with not being a particularly good man manager. But this, again, is where it helps have a mentor or a coach because that person can help you understand what you're good at and what you want to do um, and help you think a bit deeper about the business rather than just trying to run a business at the speed you recruit, which is 100 mile an hour. Because if you do it 100 mile an hour, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to miss opportunities, you won't plan for your future, and you won't have the foundation for growth. I mean, if you're looking to to build a very successful business, you want to build a foundation for a skyscraper, not a bungalow, because it's just going to fall apart. You also want to future-proof it as much as you can. And now, I know a lot of small business owners don't know at the beginning how big they want to be. But if you set yourself up to be as big as you want to be, if you don't grow particularly big, that isn't going to backfire. It can only do you good. If you do want to grow to a good size, you've got the foundation. So it's again, it's very helpful to have that experience as someone who's grown a business before. Anyway, I hope this podcast has, has been helpful on the use of a, of a mentor, or a coach, or a co-shareholder. Uh, I've not quite gone into hiring a non-exec. Uh, I think that's for further down the line where maybe your business is a bit bigger. But uh, I hope that gives you a flavour because um, I have seen a lot of very talented recruiters who have wanted to do it themselves, as I did when I first set up. You know, they've got the ego, want to do it themselves. They want to have 100% of something rather than, say, 75% of something that's three times as big. And they come a cropper. And it's been such a shame because it's the idea of failing a business, to me, is is horrible. I've never done it. I've never failed in any business I've set up. But it's not so much the financial hurt. It's the emotional hurt. You can't really afford to fail as a business owner. Um, it, it, It would be really damaging. Um, and you can have some very, very good potential business leaders that come a cropper in the first year or two just because they haven't reached out and got some new experience to help them navigate that first two years. And that is a shame. So I'm hoping that this podcast will help some of the people listening to this, that uh, whether it's uh, taking on a co-shareholder or a business partner or just trying to find a mentor or a coach, whatever it might be, is, is my advice would be don't try and wing it See if you can get the experience and the help because you'll have a much better chance of succeeding and you'll probably make a lot more money in the long run and you'll enjoy it a lot more and have a lot less stress. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you are thinking of setting up your own recruitment company and you're interested in what I do um, in our Help the Business Partners part of Davidson Gray, um, then feel free to contact me direct on LinkedIn. We can have a chat.